Welcome to the 14th episode of the Passioners Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Kang, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Garcia, and our team social media director, Clara Hems. And today we have the honor of interviewing Alex Brandwine, founder of Brandwine's Bagels. So we have broken the interview into kind of three parts. And first part, I, I kind of like snatched that from Mike because I'm very interested to hear your response. First question is, what first made you an, have an affinity towards business? And what about business that makes you want to stay in this field? Uh, well, first off, thank you so much, Claire, Jen, Mike, for having me. I'm really like flattered and honored to be part of this. So um, thank you. Um, to answer your question, business. I um, there's a number of different things that got me interested in business. Um, my mom was in business and was the main financial provider in our family and worked in the finance industry for 40 years. And so there was always something about that and how she took care of me and my two sisters that connected for me. Um, and I ended up going, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison for undergrad and was part of the business school there. Um, but for me, what, what sort of drew me to it, I played sports growing up um, and the competitiveness, the team element, working towards a goal, um, seeing a finish line, um, those components were always sort of something that drew me into the business world. I just didn't know that there were so many different ways to actually do business. Um, I thought it was just being a cubicle, stare at an Excel file, um, and, and that was the only way to do it. Um, and having come back to business school and getting my MBA um, sort of opened the door to me that there's a lot of ways to do it. You worked in finance in New York for eight years, but it didn't feel right. Can you tell us more about the moment you decided to move on? And if you knew that it wasn't right for eight years, what made you stop from going at it um, at your business venture? Sure. So I spent um, eight years in investment banking and real estate private equity, um, working 80 to 100 hours a week at least. Um, for me, I always felt from the moment I started that I was sort of banging a circle into a square. But like I said, I, I thought this was sort of the right thing. Work hard, uh, make money, um, provide hopefully for myself and a future family one day. And, you know, the grass will be greener down the road. This is sort of the process. Um, I have older parents. My, my mom's 74 now. My dad passed away a few years ago. But um, that was sort of the household I grew up in is you work hard, you do your job, you provide for your family, and that's sort of the way you go. So for eight years, I sort of had blinders on and thought, you know, this is this is okay. This is what you do, um, and that's sort of what your life can be. I sort of hit a moment, though, um, realizing that this just wasn't working, um, that there's got to be more to life. I think the difficult thing was sort of cutting that safety net that I created for myself um, all those years working and finally decided to, to leave. And I, it's funny going back to it and like recounting my experiences working in finance. I remember going into my uh, annual reviews, basically asking my managing directors, you know, if this isn't the right fit, you guys just sort of tap me on my shoulder and let me go. Just, just, you know, say, Alex, you're just not cut out for it. And, you know, to their, to my surprise, they were always so supportive and saying, you know, you're doing great here. And it was really just another way of saying I was too afraid to quit. 
um, and was sort of looking for someone else to give me that boost out. Um, and I sort of hit a breaking point to say, you know, there's, I've got to, I've got to put the pause button and, and see what else is out there. So from that, I just have a maybe like a short couple of questions. Is that what didn't feel right? Was it you were just not having a good time, or you not skilled for it? Um, I needed to be with people, um, and interact with people. I uh, being on the thirty ninth floor in Midtown Manhattan, like I said, staring at um my Excel file on a PowerPoint slide was just not enough for me. The best thing I had when I was working in New York City, I on Friday nights, um, I volunteered for ice hockey in Harlem, where there was skating in Central Park, um, and it was the biggest outlet for me. Um, I just need, like use that as a fulcrum to say I need to be with people, I need to feel like I'm interacting, um, and that was sort of a big differential between the job I was doing and, and where I needed to sort of shift myself. Um, no, my bosses were were amazing. They said, you know. Even if you want to go to get an MBA, um, and Alex Brandwine coming back with an MBA is someone that we'd love to have. So it was more just a personal thing for me. All right. So the next couple questions will be about Brandwine's bagels. The first one would be, can you tell us a bit about how your idea to create a bagel shop turned into a reality? Sure. Uh, it cut me off if I start to ramble. Um, it was really a marriage of a few things. So on a passion perspective, I love bagels, period. Um, uh, growing up in New York, 20 minutes outside New York City, there were probably five bagel shops um, that were five minutes from my house. Um, and me and my family ate bagels all the time. So there was a personal connection to bagels. I would say in a household that had a lot of craziness going on, um, there was just something about that brown paper bag of bagels being tossed on the kitchen counter that just sort of calmed everything. And that feeling uh, of bagels sort of resonated with me throughout my life. Um, I took two bagels to class anyway um, when I was in elementary and high school um, to the point that my fifth grade um, teacher messaged, Facebook messaged me just a few months ago and said, I knew you would go into something with bagels. You, all, you always ate so many, um, which was just so funny to have that circle back around. Um, and then from a business perspective, when I got to Chapel Hill, I couldn't believe there wasn't a downtown bagel shop. Um, in Madison, Wisconsin, there was a bagel shop. It's called Gotham Bagels. Um, living in New York City, obviously, I was surrounded by bagels. And so I saw a business opportunity. I saw something that I loved. Um, I love the idea of waking up early, doing something um, that can make a small difference in someone's day. And bagels are that comfort food. Um, if it can make your day just a little bit better, I was really excited at the prospect of doing it. And what has been the scariest or toughest part of creative brand one? And also, on that note, what has been the most rewarding? Um, scariest part, first of all, I have. There's so many, I feel like every day there's something scary. I describe it as a roller coaster every single day, except I finish and I'm the day and I'm so happy about what's happened. Um, I have no baking or cooking background at all. I was working 80 to 100 hours a week and ordering sushi basically every night. And so it was scary just to go into a kitchen, quite frankly, and then go into a commercial kitchen 
making bagels at scale um, and hand rolling, you know, thousands of bagels at a time was, was definitely intimidating. Um, on a broader perspective, I think the hardest thing in starting a business is sort of balancing um, a few things. One is a passion for loving this baby, this creation so, so much and, and trying to be objective with it at the same time and making decisions that are sound for you and the company. Um, this is really challenging. And then you get a lot of advice. People, everyone feels like they have an opinion on food, um, which is an amazing thing because it helps to spark so many great ideas. But balancing those views with myself and knowing that, reminding myself that if this thing is going to fail, um, at least trying to do it my way um, is an important thing to sort of keep in the back of my head. Um, the most rewarding thing. Honestly, just the experience of the shop and the people from the moment I walked through the doors and seeing the team that we've been able to put together and then seeing the experience of people coming in. And, you know, the bagels are the vehicle to sort of make that the whole thing happen. But people just saying that they like coming into brand wines because it just feels good um, is the most rewarding because that's all we wanted to do is no matter if you're a student or a family or you're working or living in Chapel Hill or the area and you come in and just feels right and feels friendly and people sort of see you, um, that's that's the most rewarding thing for us to get that feedback to know that we're accomplishing our goals there. On that note, like uh, you mentioned that you felt like it was kind of a big hug when you were interviewed by the Daily Tar Heel. Could you speak about the differences between working in business in New York and in Chapel Hill? Sure. Um, people is what's made this whole thing possible. I mean, even getting contacted by you all and like having the openness to like hear and share my story. Um, everyone has been so supportive. I mean, it's what brought me to Chapel Hill in the beginning. Um, one of my good friends went to Queen and Friday Business School and I went to his wedding down here and wanted, and he invited a few of his professors, um, one of which I started talking to and I couldn't believe like you're inviting professors to your wedding. Um, like just that in and of itself said there's something special about Chapel Hill, um, that people care, that people help, that they go out of their way for you, um, and they genuinely listen to you. And that feeling um, from the university to people working here, people live here, has been so consistent um, that it's made my whole experience so special. Um, New York is fast-paced, it's grinding, um, it's high highs, it's low lows all the time. Um, and I just personally never felt um, that connection, that feeling that a place like Chapel Hill has provided. It's definitely that nonstop um, go, 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 which is so unique. And, and like, I'm so happy I got that experience. But for me, from a longevity perspective, Chapel Hill is a place that I feel like I can be here, hopefully, um, for a really long time. And since we've been talking about bagels, I have one off-topic question, sort of sure. on-topic. What's your favorite bagel? Um, it's, <laughs> my favorite bagel is, honestly, I love plain bagels. Um, it's sort of the gold standard, in my opinion. You can't hide behind seeds or flavorings or anything like that. There's just something about eating a plain bagel um, that hits the spot for me. 
after that, I'm definitely an everything bagel kind of guy. Um, it's the classics for me. Everything bagels, sesame bagels, honey bagels. Um, that's that's really like what's up my alley. I have one question that was I was waiting for, but it wasn't answered. So one it's question that I no, it's so good. One question I had was. You worked in your investment field for eight years. Did you had enough money saved for you to start this? Just all, like all go in into this company, or did you have to take in debt? Just just money related. I'm curious as to how you handle that situation. Sure. So when I first started this, I asked myself three questions. One, do people? Is it just me, or do other people actually want um, freshly made, authentic New York style bagels? Um, two, how do you actually do it? And three, um, what are the financials for this? Is this something that could actually, like I said, you know, make a living for myself? Or is this sort of just a fun thing on the side? Um, I was fortunate enough having spent eight years in finance to have the savings to go do this initial investment on my own. And so right now I am the sole owner um, with no debt um, of the business. And um, it's been a, it's, it was sort of, you know, a good opportunity in actually doing the research and talking to so many small business owners, people on Franklin Street, other bagel shop owners across the country, honestly, uh, to find out if this thing, if, if it works, um, could it financially make sense? And for me, looking at a financial investment, it's how much are you investing? And then how many years does it take to actually make the money back? Um, and it based on sort of my initial underwriting, it made sense for us to, to make the bet um, and, and play it out. That's awesome. Um, I guess if it's not a too touchy subject, if it is, you don't have to answer it. But would you say that you make more than what you made as your corporate job as to starting your business? Um, not even close at the moment. Um, I, my bank account is running on zero <laughs> right now. Um, I'm all, I'm making a really just a base salary that pays the rent and feeds me and pays for the gas, but that's about it. Um, I've sort of, am all in startup entrepreneur mode at the moment. Um, and that was sort of the point where I've sort of cut that safety net out of what I was making in New York, which was, um, incredible. Um, and now sort of playing the long game that, you know, to your question, if things do work out the right way, um, I should be able to make a, a good income and provide a nice life for myself. I would also say that if this was all about making money, I'd still be in New York. This this is about making a life and a lifestyle for myself that felt really full, more than just how many zeros came after a number on a paycheck. Um, and that's sort of what I needed to do for myself to, to sort of be happy. Yeah, I love that. But I do hope that one day you'll make much more than what you made at your corporate job. I know that's not your goal, but I do wish that for you. Like this morning, I was listening to like this fin financial podcast and, and they talked about how for all of our lives, we are so accustomed to buying safety net, like by going to college, by applying to this corporate jobs, like we're buying safety nets. And then later in life, when we need to take the risk, we're so used to buying safety net that we, we buy more safety net. And I feel like you are the epitome of like, yeah, I, I had the safety net, but now it's the time to take the risk and go for what I truly wanted. So it's very inspiring. Thank you for telling me, telling us your story. For sure. Thank you. 
I mean, I'm pretty risk averse. I spent a year sort of testing this with pop-ups, with caterings. I mean, my whole belief was, particularly in Chapel Hill, you can't just build it and hope people come, um, that you need to form a connection, that it needs to be authentic. Um, and so we spent a long time testing it before I sort of signed on the dotted line and signed a lease and, and committed to it. Um, but it took, a, it took a while to get there. But um, I've always thought like, this was, this is the bet, this is the life I want to make. And so I'm really, I'm all in. I hope, I really hope it works. Um, that I don't have to go back to the corporate America desk job like that. That's so awesome. Um, and so before I ask my last few questions, I just wanted to say, I actually live right across the street from Brandlines. I could see your shop from my window. Um, and I just like love watching people um, like go, everyone who sits outside just seems like really fun and happy and it makes me feel like I'm in New York that's somewhere that I definitely want to live one day so I just think that it's really fun I love looking out and seeing it but that's awesome you see me running around <laughs> I haven't noticed but I'm gonna look now yeah <laughs> um okay so what has been your biggest lesson learned over the past year of establishing the physical brand wines and then how do you continue to grow as a business person um, the biggest lesson that I've learned has been to take, to be patient. Um, I try to remind myself all the time because it always feels like every moment matters and you only get one shot. Um, but I keep telling myself, play another card, play another card, be patient, um, and let's see how things work out. Uh, because we're open seven days a week. Um, it feels like every day is a Super Bowl and you're always trying to, you know, every customer, every experience matters so, so much that there's so much on the line and it means so much to me um, that I've learned to just take a breath um, and sort of roll with the punches. There's always going to be something, whether a refrigerator is not working, something goes out, a light goes out, um, you have to repair something, you made a mistake with a sandwich, or who knows what, um, that it's okay, um, and that you can, if you just sort of take a breath, um, that things will work itself out, and sort of trust this this business that, we've, that we're building. Um, to keep growing, I think um, it takes, it's scary, honestly, to grow. You sort of get into little comfort zones and you have to keep pushing yourself and keep asking questions. And for me, it's been fun to, the learning's been the fun part of learning new things every day, learning new things from our team members, from customers, from, from everyone. And so, um, I think I just have to be open-minded you know, and sort of give up to the fact that I don't know everything. And that's going to be the recipe to get us to, Keep growing to that next level and being the able shop that we want to be because we're in a nice spot and that's awesome and we have to keep pushing the boundaries to get there and i feel like that's the fun thing about the shop um it's almost like you know the teacher that's been in t that teaches math class every year but the great ones keep trying to find new ways to make it better how can i keep pushing the boundaries keep making it exciting and make it special for for our customers and people in the I think that's a really awesome mindset. 
I feel like, especially um, like being patient in the pandemic, I don't know. That's definitely something that I've had to learn, but. Um, Talk about like passion. Like I have passion on the level of torment. Like I definitely wear my emotions on my sleeve <laughs> and learning to take a breath and just sort of being okay with things is, is something I'm working on uh, personally and professionally. Yeah. Um, so do you have any goals in the next year or near future, <laughs> I guess? Yes, uh, we do. Um, things are still a little bit confidential at the moment, but I would say we definitely want to grow Brandon's Bagels. Um, the shop we took over um, is, is small. It was sort of just, does this work? Does this make sense? Is, um, can we do it? And so I signed a short-term lease just to see if this thing go. And personally, if I enjoyed doing it, um, I've never been happier in my life. And so for me, it's now trying to find the next play to next step for us um, and, and really be not just a walk-in bagel shop, but hopefully get in when the world comes back, get into catering, get into delivery, get into subscription service where bagels show up at your door um, each week um, and just keep pushing the boundaries to be at every family event, school event, sport event, religious event, wedding event. Uh, we just want to keep, keep growing this thing. That's awesome. I would definitely love to wake up to see some bagels on my doorstep. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but... Um, so what is your biggest piece of advice for someone who is trying to find where they fit? I, I go back to a few things. So one, be patient. When I got into the MBA program at UNC, everyone came in ready to go to be a consultant or get into marketing or work at Google. And honestly, that first year, I, it was a lot of addition by subtraction, and it took a long time to sort of find where I was going to fit in. So I think patience is huge. I think the passion part to your a la your podcast, uh, like find something that's fun. Like I'm still doing the 80 to 100 hour weeks um, doing this, but I've never been more excited or energized, and I love waking up in the morning for this. And I feel like if you play around with those two things and find things that are fun and be patient for what fits right, um, you can you can land on something that's special. And, and this definitely definitely feels like that. All right. Well, that will be the conclusion of this episode. Thank you for being on. And uh, one quick note that I just wanted to say was, like, for me personally, like, I have this goal in mind where I, like, I'm trying to move to New York and work in, like, potentially – marketing or investment banking for like 10 years and then after like i have enough capital and like uh, like i have enough saved up i want to eventually be in my own company and whatever i have the most passion in and like i don't know it, it just seems similar to the trajectory that you went through so i i, I find it really interesting it's, it's inspiring to see like the idea that i have in mind is definitely possible like seeing that you are able to do it so i just want to say thank you and uh thank you for being on the show today Totally. And you can do it, Mike. I mean, that's the amazing thing. Like, Not to knock the investment banking at all, it gave me so many skills. It gives you so much responsibility at such a young age. You set such a great foundation for you um, that does open up a lot of doors. It sort of helps you sort of see what else is out there. So um, I don't regret anything that I've done, but I'm, I'm definitely happy where I'm at.
Thank you again for joining us today. To learn more about Brandwine's Bagels and other passionates we have interviewed in this podcast and to see behind the scenes of how we create each of our episodes, follow our Instagram page at Passionist Podcast. Thank you again to Alex Brandwine for inspiring us to follow our passions. This episode is edited and produced by Mike Garcia. The episode's art is by Lana Hatyamanovic. Social media and photos and descriptions are by Claire Helms. The interview was conducted by Janice Kang, Claire Helms, and me. We use original music by Chiazo Ajila. In the next episode, Jen will interview Kitty Hotz, CEO and co-founder at Grocery Shopee, a digital meal planning software and service that expedites online grocery shopping. Passioners Podcast tells the stories of passioners and their journeys. My name is Mike Garcia. Thanks for listening. Hope you tune in for the next one.